So tell me the discussion you and your son have, this son, about the car. When you say, I want the car, what does he say? He said that he's not going to bring the car to me unless the police tell him to give me the car. I went to the police, the police telling me they don't have nothing to do with this. They homicide. I asked the detective that's on my son's case to tell my son to give me my son's car. What reason was your son, Mr. Cornette, giving you for not giving you the car? He's telling me I'm blind in my, I'm in one my eye. I'm blind in my left eye. This is the plaintiff, Courtney Thompson. She says her son was killed due to gun violence and his car was located at his girlfriend's house at the time of his murder. She asked her other son to retrieve the car and he did. Now he won't give it to her. She's the next of kin. It's now her car. And she's here suing her son for $2,500. The value of the car. This is the defendant, Reuben Derek Cornette. He says he and his brother were very close, and he gave him all of his important papers to look after, including the title of his 2000 Nissan Maxima. His brother would have wanted him to have the car. His mother's blind in one eye and doesn't drive too well, and he's keeping his brother's car and his memory alive. He's accused of making mom mad. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Million is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Thompson, you are suing your son, Mr. Cornette, for $2,500, the value of a car, but what you really want is the car. Tell me what's going on. Um, my son was killed um, in, uh, uh, in uh, June 23rd. and um, Of what year? 2021. He, just, he was just killed. I I'm buried so him sorry. July 16th. I'm very sorry to um, both of you for your loss. How was he killed? Somebody shot him. Okay. Um, he was at his girlfriend's house when he got killed. So all his stuff was left there. His car was in her parking lot and um, all his paperwork and everything, uh, everything is in his, was in his car. Clothes and stuff probably was in her house or in his car, shoes, everything, everything was there. Except what he had in his apartment, his own apartment. When we went to the the scene, the police wouldn't let me see my baby. They wouldn't uh, let nobody go back there and scene. And uh, I had asked my son to go and get his car. Did the police ever tell you or did you ever learn what led to the shooting or what, what had happened? No. It's still an open case. All right. Let's, so let's talk about the car. You asked Mr. Cornette to go and get the car. And then what happens? Yes. Does he bring it to you? No. He went and hid the car. He, he went and got the car. Well, him and my sister snuck over there and got the car. Because I was going to have the car towed to my house. But him and my sister snuck over there and got the car. I and thought I you asked him to get the car. I did. But at the time I was asking him to go get the car, he was telling me 
It was too soon. He didn't have a way to get over there and get it. He didn't know where the key was. He didn't know where that was and all this. So I was going to have the car towed to my house, but I didn't have money at the time to have it towed. So why are you saying your sister and he snuck it out? How, how, why would your sister be involved? Well, because somebody had to take him there and they drove the car. Why do you assume it's your sister? After I talked to the girlfriend, she told me that. How, how old was your son? He was 27. I presume at 27 he didn't have a will, correct? No. And he wasn't married? No. Did he have children? No. So tell me the discussion you and your son have, this son, about the car. When you say, he, he, I want he, the car, what does he say? He said that he's not going to bring the car to me unless the police tell him to give me the car. I went to the police, the police telling me, they don't have nothing to do with this. They homicide. I asked the detective that's on my son's case to tell my son to give me my son's car. What reason was your son, Mr. Cornette, giving you for not giving you the car? He's telling me I'm blind in my, I'm in one of my eye. I'm blind in my left eye. And that's about it. I mean, you know, he calls himself putting the car up. But I need the car, you know. Um, I, I, I went washing the other day and I had to make five trips back and walking up and down the street to the wash house to, to, to wash my clothes. He tells me I don't have a driver's license, which he don't either. And I have nieces and nephews that do have driver's license. Though. I do have people that can drive me around. And he's just, you know, he has a car. He don't even need the car. Let me talk to so, you, Mr. Cornette. What's going on? Um, basically, I when my brother first got killed, um, my mom been bugging me like, that night, the previous day, and so forth to get his car. I explained to my mom that I work, I do security, so I can't just up and go when you want me to. I explained to her that I would get the car when I get a chance to. She bugged me, bugged me, bugged me. My girlfriend, my auntie, I have multiple different witnesses that's been around me while I talk to my mom and while she bugs me. Um, basically, um, I explained to my mom that this is the last thing that we have of my brother and it don't need to be treated like it's just another car. My mom doesn't have the proper income to take care of the car. She she don't even know where to start. She don't even know the history. She don't know what's wrong with his car. Um, I explained that to her. I offered her to give her any of the property out of his car. I offered her to give her the clothes, the shoes. Everything to her. She told me, I don't want that. I want his car. So I said, well, mom, you're not getting his car. You know, like you can't see. You don't even have the proper money to take care of the car. The car needs to be registered. My brother, I always took my brother paperwork, his birth certificate. I took all that personal paperwork. He, I always took his phone um, bill paper, his car paperwork. He gave me his car paperwork way before uh, he, you know, got so your theory is um, he would have wanted you to have the car. Every, yes. Everything that my brother did, it was because he looked up to me when anything, anytime he had a car, he put rims, tinted windows, whatever he did to his car. It was because how I had my car. Did you, did your son, Ms. Thompson, leave anything behind of value besides the car, bank accounts, um, jewelry, anything like that? No, I'm not sure if he had jewelry or not. Um, because like mm -hmm. I said, my son got to over there to everything. My son didn't give Ruben no paperwork. That All that stuff was in my son's car. When he went and got the car, he got everything. 
Everything was in my son's car. He haven't. He didn't leave Reuben anything. Reuben's not telling the truth. Do you have a good relationship with your mom, Mr. Cornette? Um, our relationship, no, not so good. Um, it's been like this since birth. Uh, I grew up in foster care, in and out of her home since born. Me and me and Kim have been in foster care since birth, um, in and out with her house, foster care, sister, my auntie. We just been moved around all our life. That's we never had true. a stable home. Um, my mom, You're a big he just has a kid um, and everything. So I have a, I don't have a relationship like with her as a normal parent and uh, son should. Um, I try to deal with my mom because that's my mom and I love her. And I know that I'm the only son that she has out here now, but it's, it's, it's very hard dealing with my mom at times. So I don't have a good relationship with her like that. No. Ma'am, yeah. I am a recovering addict and I did lose custody of my kids and I stayed in this system until I fought and got my baby back home. I have an older son that lives in, uh, uh, Virginia. And I told him I was going to have you call him um, if you would for him to tell you. Um, my kids was in foster care, but I fought with this system until I got my babies back home. How long? Uh, just out of curiosity, how long were they in foster care? Um, how long were they in the system? Because they, they was in foster care maybe about two years. To, because, see, I went to a drug program, ma'am. I got kicked out of the program after a year. Then another uh, girl there had a, had an incident, so they kicked me out of the program after a year. So after the year, I had to start all over again with the with the program. That mean I had to go to another program, finish that program. So it took about two years. So you say but two I years? I was always in my kids' life every step of the way. They 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 came have weekend visits. I, I never left my babies. Never. I can show you. Well, I didn't bring the pictures with me, but I have pictures of them all their life while they was in foster care. They always got a birthday cake for me. I was always there to see about them wherever they was. And Ruben's not quite telling you the truth about. I'd be, I'd be more concerned that that's Ruben's perspective than I would be over the car. I'd be very concerned that that's Ruben's perspective, you know, and I, I, I'm I, I, I you know, I, everybody in their complaint and their answer talks about how, oh, it's the last thing we can remember him by. But that's really not what's going on here. It's really about having the car. What's happening with the car? Because the car is not in your name, Mr. Cornett. So what's going on? Um, like you have physical possession of the car. Yes, ma'am. The thing that I told my mom is that nobody's driving his car. I'm not even driving it. Nobody's driving it. Her thing is that, yes, I have another car, but I'm trying to keep my brother's car put away, fix it up as time go by. And when birthdays and stuff comes around, it could be a show car to remember him. I'm not driving it around parking it or anything like that. She's one. Her thing is she wants to drive it to appointments and so forth, so forth. I'm not letting nobody. What kind of car is this? It's a 2000 Nissan a, Altima, uh, Maxima. 2000 Nissan Maxima. And I also has a, have a witness to go with what I said also. What's your witness about? Basically, my witness is my auntie, and she's going to say, basically, she's going to tell you guys Let that. Let me talk to the auntie. auntie. Is she there with you? Yes. Okay, let's go. Can yeah. you swear her in, please? <laughs> 
Can I get you to raise your right hand, please? Thank you. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Can you tell me your name, please? My name's Blair B. Robinson. Okay. And um, what are you a witness to? How can you shed some light on this case for me? I've been a, with Ruben ever since um, my nephew was murdered. Okay. And um, I didn't sneak with, I'm the sister that Courtney's t referring to. I never, we didn't sneak anything. The thing is, yes, Kenneth's car has never been registered. It's still registered in the state of Arizona. Kenneth never registered that car. When Ruben tried to register the car, Kenneth has been driving around in that car without license plates. It has no license plates. He's never registered any of the cars he's ever bought, including this one. And when, when Ruben tried to register the car, we found, he found out that it's still registered in Arizona. He tried to call the number that the gentleman gave him to call to try to get the uh, pink slip so that he could try to register it in the state of California. So it's not even supposed to even be driven, even when Kenneth had it, to even be driven. It's not legally, well, he's not supposed to drive it in California because it's still registered in the state of Arizona. Has anybody so made contact with the, with the prior owner? Ruben tried to. It's and a name. It's a, is it a business? It's a business or a name that's on the uh, registration in Arizona. And, and, we, and Ruben when you say Ruben call. tried to, has he spoken to anybody? No, he hasn't spoken to, they didn't answer the phone. So he hasn't spoken to anyone to try to get the bill of sale and the, well, try to get the pink slip so that it can be registered in the state of California. And he has, Ruben has all the paperwork necessary, right. except. Okay, I got not, it. I got it, everybody. I got it. Okay, so, here's how it works, folks. Can I have, can I, how's your relationship with your sister? I don't have a, really have a relationship with my sister. Why not? She feels, because Courtney feels that Ruben is closer to me than her. She feels that he's, when she gets mad at Ruben, he's my son. She wants to tell him his name. My, she's going to take her name off of the birth certificate and put my name on a birth certificate because I have a closer. She accuses me of like I'm his mother. The relationship is she. He. He's. I don't know. He. I don't want to use the language. He just kisses my butt, and he just. I guess. Yeah, that's. My sister Courtney can can say some some stuff. Okay, that but can I ask is, you something? Really Did you have a good relationship with her before ever, or no. not really? All right, not really. All right, let me tell you. Go not ahead and really. let's get Ruben really. back in there because I no. want to explain to you what the law is in your state and give you some guidance on how you have to proceed. Here's the thing: mm -hmm. uh, when you don't have a will, you die intestate. That's the word in the law: intestate, without a will, without telling us what your intentions are. And then people think that they can each come up and say, I know he would have wanted this. I know he would have wanted that. It really doesn't matter. If you die without a will, then the state decides how your stuff goes and where it goes. And in most states and the vast majority of states, if you die without a will, somebody, just to make sure nobody's doing any fancy footwork and nobody's cheating anybody out of anything, they make you go to probate court and actually file a probate case and say, you know, judge, we need you to declare who gets the property. 
Now, a lot of states, because that is so expensive and time-consuming, a lot of states have etched out some exceptions to this. For example, when somebody doesn't have a big estate, when we're not talking about, you know, a lot of money, um, then some states have a threshold. For example, the state of California has a threshold of specifically $166,250. If the estate is worth less than that, which obviously um, your deceased son's estate is worth less than that, then you don't have to go to probate court. So that's a good thing. You don't have to go to probate court. But then how do you lay claim to it, okay? You believe that you're the brother, you know better, and you're a better person, so you're entitled to it. That's not how it works. The way it works is the first question, did he have any children? That's first in line. The children don't exist. Nobody. Then the next question, so it goes down to children. Then it goes up to parents, and she's the parent. And then if there's no parents, then it goes sideways to siblings. So in theory, you, Ms. Thompson, could file with the Department of Motor Vehicles something called a small estate certificate to attempt to have this put in your name. Okay, and then you would call the police and say, I want the car. The problem you have, from what I'm hearing, is it's not even in your son's name. It's in the prior owner in Arizona's name. <laughs> so uh, good luck with that. But I'm not sure that it, the law even recognizes it as being his car until certain things are done, which you're, I don't think you're capable of, I mean, you could be capable of doing it, I don't know. But that's all going to be on you. I'm not, I can't do it for you. He's probably not going to do it for you, especially since you sued one son over another son's car. <sighs> Judge, can I say something about that, please, it won't be, Yeah, talk to me about that, because I'm a little surprised that someone who lost their son is willing to sue the other son over the car because they can use it for errands. Okay, ma'am. I asked the police, I asked my son five or six times to give, bring me Kenneth's car. Give me, he got everything that was my son's. The police wouldn't get involved. The police told me the only legal way I can get the belongings from my son was to take him to court. Yeah. I didn't want to take my son to court, ma'am. I didn't want to do that, but he wouldn't give me my son's car. He hasn't given me anything of my son's. I don't know what to tell you, but right now I just don't see how anybody's going to be able to do anything with this car. That's it. There's nothing I can do for you. Go to probate court. Jeez. That's it. That's it. Wow, a lot of legal complexities here. Uh, so the judge did not find for the plaintiff. There was no decision, quite frankly. Uh, nobody prevails. Uh, let's see what Ms. Thompson has to say about it. She brought the case to court against her son. Uh, Ms. Thompson, what are you thinking right now? You're, this is kind of a pickle. I'm, 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 I'm thinking real, um, real sad right now because I rightfully have a right to everything my son owned, everything. Everything my son owned is rightfully mine. And my son has taken all of it, everything. I have nothing, nothing of my son's. Well, obviously, the judge said you've got to go to probate court to get those other things that belong to your son. Uh, let me ask you, Mr. Uh, Cornett, your relationship obviously has not been very good up to this point. What about now, now that she sued you? It's crazy. It's crazy that it's over a car. <clears throat> like I've been telling her, you know, she was complaining about the car before we even buried my brother. So it's 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 more to it than just the cars. It's not even that she don't care about the relationship. It's more of the car, not the relationship she had with me. So I mean it just I just I push myself farther and farther away. Everything she do, it just pushes me away. So well 
It sounds to me like court's not going to settle this issue at all. It's a real problem between the two of you. All right. I'm sorry about that. Hopefully you can work it out sooner or later, someday. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's the judge's decision. Nobody prevails. Harvey, this is a fascinating legal issue. So, Doug, this is a case, and we've had these before, where the judge doesn't have jurisdiction because it is really a probate case. When items are left by a deceased person, typically that has to be sorted out by the probate judge, not by a small claims court judge, because it either has to do with a will, or if there isn't a will, the rules of the state on who gets what. And that will do it for this case, litigants, for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Maribel Williamson. She says she paid a vendor fee to sell some of her meditative jewelry at the defendant's pop-up shop. And the event was rained out. When she asked the defendant when the makeup day would be, the guy snapped at her. There would be no makeup day. Huh? She's suing for the $350 she's owed for the vendor fee, babysitting, and transportation. This is the defendant, Dizzy Brown. He says the woman complained from the minute she got there because it started to drizzle and she wanted him to cancel the event. He told the plaintiff the weather forecast stated it was a passing shower. It was. And it was an awesome day. It's not his fault the plaintiff chose to be difficult and left. And he owes her nothing. He's accused of a pop-up shop problem. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that she paid a fee to get a space at a flea market and wants a refund because it rained. But the defendant says it sprinkled for 20 minutes or so. The event went on and he's not returning anything. It's the case of a pop-up shop shakedown. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Williamson, tell me what happened. What happened is, is that I was referred to the event by someone we know in common. And what was the event? It was the um, Juneteenth event. And what's the event? I'm Afro-Latina, so I like to uh, support events that has to do with my people. Now, the actual event, you were going to have what, Mr. Brown? It was a pop-up of vendors. Um, so what? Yes, like, correct. Like, so exactly what kind of vendors were going to be there? All right. It was, it was a pop-up shop for Juneteenth. Um, it was all different type of businesses selling their products. All right. And where was it going to take place? In, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. Attached to a bar or a restaurant that's in Brooklyn, New York? Yes. All right. So it was outdoors. Correct. All right. So according to you, he tells you that if it's rained out, there'll be a makeup day. Right. He said if it's rain, there will be a follow-up day or whatever the case may be. Okay. So when I was on my way there, after I went, after I got off of work, I took a cab there and I saw it, it started raining. Matter of fact, when I was speaking to him, it started raining. He pushed himself under a tent. So I said, listen, I have things that is going to be compromised by water. Okay. So what were you, know? you selling at the, at, what was your table selling? My table was selling um, handcrafted um, crystal accessories and like sage and stuff like that. Okay. So what do you say to him? You know, when I got there, I saw there wasn't any tents outside. I saw people leaving. There was a vendor there that I'm familiar with. I'm not going to bring her into it that she was kind of annoyed as well because he wasn't providing tents or anything. So I asked him, are you going to move the event into the venue? Because I noticed inside they had outside set up with tents. 
he was like, oh, no, you know, I'm speaking to whatever, whatever. Just sit out in the car. Let's see how it goes. I said, okay, no problem. So I sat out in the um, taxi, waited it out. The rain started picking up. When I called him back, he didn't pick up, so I went inside to go and get him. But why are you sitting in the taxi as opposed to inside the bar? Like Because uh, you're also suing for the meter running in the taxi while all this is, is being discussed. Because it was, rain- it was raining hard. It was raining hard. Okay. And you laughing, you so chinless and ugly. Okay, but do anyway, me a favor. So I, don't, I, I, don't worry about him. Don't talk to him and tell me your no, story. I know, but you know, I know. he's because Then he came to me and he was like, oh, you know, uh, something about being weak and this and this. Uh, excuse me, I just got off of work. I'm not coming over here to waste my time. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could, if he would have managed things better as a man, it would have been fine. Like, if you would have said, okay, all right, it's raining. We can move over to another time or whatever the case may be. But he was just rude, very right. rude. Can I ask you, did other vendors have their own tents? Only two of them, only so, two. But I feel like I've, I've been vending for years. And events that I do, the uh, hostess always have, okay, if it's going to rain, I have um, tents. Well, I, have I mean, th- let's, let's be fair. It's a pop-up, <laughs> and I looked at the, at the contract you paid $125 to be at that yes. event. That's how you make your money, Mr. Brown. You charge each of the vendors like an entrance fee, I guess. And then they set up. And then it was very clear what he was providing, which was just a table. Masks are mandatory. $125 vendor fee. $50 deposit to hold your spot. Two chairs and a six-foot table will be provided. It never says there that he'll provide a tent for you or that the event is tented or anything like that. Now, according to you, it's raining and you end up leaving. Did anybody else leave? Yes, other vendors left. Yes, it was raining a lot. How many vendors left? Because he has no of that I know of one because I'm familiar with her. Okay. Um, And I saw somebody else leave too. So you're saying two other vendors left besides you. Can you prove what you're saying? Do you have affidavits from them? I don't know. Affidavits from them saying it was so much rain it couldn't go on. The weather forecast should have been, uh, it should speak for itself. Except for it doesn't, because something could be a passing shower. So let me hear from Mr. Brown on this topic. All right. So the event, the setup time was at 4 p.m. The event was from 5 to 9. She got there maybe about 5, 45, 6 o'clock. Five? When she I got came there at 4.30. There, what are you talking about? Okay. Did you just call him what I think you just called him? Yeah, she did Okay, don't do that. This isn't a sporting arena. It's a court of law. Like I said, the setup time was at 4 p.m. The event started at 5 5 p.m. It was 5 to 9. She got there extremely late. And when she got there, the first thing she started doing was complaining about how tired she was and how she worked both for jobs. And she yes, she complained about the rain. I let her know if it rains, I would have another rain date. And she insisted she was too tired. She um, had a long day today and stuff like that. And I said, you run a, if you're running a business, like you had to, you know, be able to hustle. But she really, you know, okay, she really I'm didn't want to do If you think friend. I'm going to buy that she didn't, she left because she was too tired, you're out of your mind. She paid a babysitter, she paid a taxi, and she brought her stuff. That's not why she wanted right, her money yeah. back. She wanted her money back because she felt that the rain was too much. So I will hear you talk to me, Correct. not about how weak she is. Okay, did you tell her she was yeah. weak? 
Nah, I would never say that's no woman. Well, you're, you're implying it now. Not, you're implying it now yeah. in your testimony. I'm not, I'm it's kind of a, a really crappy thing to say to somebody, you know, who's. All right. So tell me about how she complains about the rain and let me hear your version of how bad the rain was. Go ahead. All right. So while she was there, it was raining. It, it was raining. I didn't supply no tents. The two businesses that came had their own tents. They already was prepared just for the rain. Now, while she was there, like I said, we were speaking about it. I was trying to let her know, like, the event is going on. If it continue rain throughout the whole entire event, I will give, do a rain date or give everybody a refund. Right. But so what are people supposed to do? Stand there in the rain for the whole event, for the many hours, for four hours? Just stand there? Nah, if it, if it would have rained the whole entire event, you know, everybody would have. What if it only rains 95 percent of the event? Um, if it only rained 95% of rent, I, everybody would have went home with their money back and I would add another. What if it, well, you said the whole so entire money. event. So what if it's 50% of the event? 50% of, um, I would probably still do the event. Like I said, it, it, sometimes on the forecast, it says it's going to rain and no rain comes. So according so to you, what like, happened? How bad was it raining when she talked to you and said, you know, I, I can't work in the rain? From scale one to 10, the rain, I'll, I'll probably say like this, six. Yeah, six. It wasn't. It, it wasn't when did it stop actually, raining? Why are you being uh, up under the time? Okay, I'm going to tell you for the last time, Ms. Williamson, if you continue to interrupt, I'm just going to rule. Go I'm ahead, sorry, Mr. I'm Brown. Um, what time did the rain stop? I'll say maybe about, it only rained for about like 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. It wasn't yeah. raining for that long. And Had it was like, like, it was like drizzle. It wasn't raining to the point where people couldn't like... Work and, and sell it. Well, let me I ask you: Were had, people were, were customers coming in the rain? Yes, cu yes. Customers was actually was there, and actually, person actually have a witness that can tell you she participated in the whole event. She stayed throughout the whole event, and she actually had a good time. Okay, can I ask you when it stopped raining? According to you, what time? Maybe about six. Okay. Do you have any pictures of the event? Yes. That's. From his past events, he's lying to you, Your Honor. No, 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 no! Don't say that. Yes, he is. Nah, that's not from passive. That's that's not from past events. This is Juneteenth event. Stop lying. Stop lying. This was Juneteenth. As you can see, that's one of the businesses right there. She can tell you. No, don't lie like that. That's one of the businesses right there. That's one of the witnesses. That's the two tents. That's the tents right there. Let me hear from your witness. Can I get you to raise your right hand, please? Sure. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. I do. Thank you, Your Honor. What's your name, ma'am? Hi, Vanessa Lino. Okay. And what is your relationship with Mr. Brown? Um, I do pop-up shops with him. Okay. Are you socially friends? Just really business. Okay. So were you there that day? <laughs> yes, I was. How bad was it raining? It did start to rain. I want to say for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, and he asked us to just try to see and wait it out if it was going to pass. And if it didn't pass, that we would have a rain date. Okay. And he would refund our money. Okay. And how, how long did it take? Ms. Williamson, hold on one second. No. I am not talking to you. Ms. Lino, what, how long did it take for the rain to stop? It was about 30, 20 to 30 minutes it rained right in the beginning. And then what? How was then the weather? Then we had the event. How was the weather after that? Good. And it didn't rain again before it was, nine? Right before nine, it started to pour, like oh. literally pour. <laughs> right. Ms. Williamson, who can't control herself, was screaming, that's his girlfriend. Are you his girlfriend? No way. Have you ever gone out with I him? I am not. Okay. All right. No. <laughs> okay. What evidence do you have, Ms. Williamson, that that's his girlfriend? She was there at the event, and I saw her, and her table had a little gap of water. You know, it was raining the whole time. 
Okay, Ms. Lena, let me ask you a question. Did you see, did anybody else leave? I saw two people leave. Including the plaintiff? That's all that I know. (laughs) No, her and one other person. Her and one other person who you saw leave. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And that other person, without telling me their name, Mr. Brown, did they demand their money back? Yes, she she asked me for money back. She she said, oh, we're going to have a rain date. Right, and what happened? I, I let her know the exact. I told every single business the exact same thing. If it's continuing throughout the whole entire night, I give you guys a rain date. She insisted. She wanted to leave, and I, I'm not going to hold her back. So right. So did you give that lady back? Did you give that person we're talking about back their hundred and twenty-five dollars? No. Who drafted this contract? You did. Yes, I did. If it rain, we will have a rain date. Um, you could draft it a little better than that. If it rain, we will have a rain day. That doesn't, uh, you know, if it rains for 95% of the time, for 50% of the time, for throughout the entire event, um, if it rain, we will have a rain date is a pretty broad sentence, you know? Yeah. Vendor credit transfer to another event may be a bit. Did you give the other person who left a vendor credit transfer because they didn't have a fight with you? No, no, I didn't. She haven't um, contacted me back, but this is not the first time I worked with her before, too. Um, can I say something for the record, too? Sure. The, the witness is not my girlfriend. I don't know how she found, like, why would she say she met my girlfriend before? Um, she was just another business that was participating Listen, in my public. Stay to the facts, okay? Stay to the facts. Well, that's, uh, that's kind what's of... The, okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. I've had it. You have now cursed at least six times in Spanish during this trial. I have asked you repeatedly to control yourself. You have not controlled yourself. And you know what that does? That tells me how reasonable you are as a person. You need to change your contract. And that contract should really read if the event is canceled for rain. That way, all of the discretion is on your part. Okay, but that event took place. You've done nothing but hurl accusations that he that that's his girlfriend, that that's from another. You're just making stuff up. I'm ruling in this case in favor of the defendant. No refunds. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the plaintiff's conduct cost her here in court. She does not prevail. The defendant prevails. Ms. Williamson, what do you think about what the judge just said to you about your your what language, I your attitude. Help someone that's, what I think about is that she helps someone that's swindling people, okay, to prevail. And that's not okay. You know, and this, you know, people work hard for their money. And that was not okay. I was not the only one that left. He's, he's a horrible person, especially mm-hmm. doing it on Juneteenth. Like, stand on what you're trying to represent. That's how I feel about it. And he's a disgusting, ugly-looking individual. That's how I feel. All right. Well, I don't think you get it. Your, your attitude didn't help you at all. That really hurt you. Mr. Brown, how do you feel about the outcome? Um, I assume you feel pretty good right now, um, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm good like great. You know, um, she has to understand how to run her business. Uh, she's just bad for business. I would never work with her ever again. She was nasty. She kept mentioning about this young lady being my girlfriend, and I only know her through business. And I think she actually attracted to me. That's the reason why she keeps calling me these names and talking about, you know, I have a girlfriend. Okay, well, listen, you prevailed in this. Good luck to you, okay? Obviously, you're in the right. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to celebrate tonight. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, go have a party. (laughs) He's going to have a party. Good luck.
Okay. Harvey? Okay, Doug. So this is kind of an act of God case where somebody says, look, the whole purpose of the contract is frustrated because of Mother Nature. Well, if there was a hurricane or if there was a monsoon or just a steady downpour that made it impossible to conduct business at a flea market, then maybe there would be a case. But you have to look at the weather. And here it was drizzling for a few minutes, maybe even 20 minutes. But as long as the event could go on, as long as the purpose of the contract wasn't frustrated, the plaintiff is simply out of luck and does not deserve a refund. What is something that should be taught in school but isn't? The two things that jump out into my mind are kind of civics related. I would say the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, because they're kind of like the owner's manuals for America, like how to do stuff and how to how the country runs. I mean, they're taught that, you know, uh, I don't you don't feel it, they're taught it enough. Not or, enough, not right. enough, because I mean, these things are, you know, they're what makes us uniquely free uh, compared to the rest of the world. And uh, the idea of a, of a nation being founded on equality and the rights of the people to um, limit their government and, and get rid of their well, government. equality for some back then. Right. Right? Not, but that was an aspiration. That was an, as an aspiration that wasn't open yeah. to others, but then eventually was right. through constitutional amendments, exactly. which is why it's a, leave, a living, right. breathing document that, you know, you can't make up stuff and put it in there, but it's right. it's a it's guide. It's a right. good guide. It's, you know? it's the owner's manual. Right. I don't think people think of it as the owner's manual. No. Right. No. But but I, I get you. I, I hear right. what you're saying. What about you? What do you think they ought to teach? Finances. Finance. Finances. Just how to budget. How to stretch your dollar. How to how to live within your means. How to you know. Right. That's like you and me. You're, you're you're so practical, and I'm a dreamer. It's yeah. like, <laughs> different, you know. Although I'm surprised you didn't come out with uh, how not to get scammed. Because no, I that's do. A I big do. Chunk I do. No, of the I, things that you do every day. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do believe that. I don't. I don't want to create, you know, children right. who just are work, like this. Like, because I was a very suspicious <laughs> child. You're but, still that. But way. scams. How to? I do. I, I do think that you know, just how to how to watch to, for someone not to take your money is part of part of that. Right. Yeah. What, what did Ben Franklin say? A fool and his money are soon parted. You just gotta, you know, be forewarned. Yeah. And watch out. <laughs> 